Welcome to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast, the show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina. I'm here today with Jessie Wyman of Jessie Wyman Photography, and I'm so excited to talk to her today. Jessie, thanks so much for being on here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to, to talk with you. Awesome. I think, I mean, I've been following your business for a little while, but tell us how long have you actually been in business and how did you get started? So that's a really good question because it sort of has evolved over time. And I think my path actually follows a lot of other photographers where, you know, you start out as it being a hobby and then it sort of morphs into an actual business. So I started let's say playing around with my camera in 2011. And I would say it really started becoming a business in 2012, 13, and really in 2014 was a great year for me. So, so that's when it's really took off, I would say. Um, so there was that period of, of, you know, being a hobbyist and then a few years later transitioning more into the business um, that's a, been a fair amount of years. I mean, I feel like that's like around when I was getting started. So but that's what, six, six, seven, eight years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been a long journey for sure. Yeah. No, that's awesome though. And did you always know you wanted to do photography? Like, or did you go to college studying something else and then kind of shifted gears? How did that come about? So yeah, I actually don't have a degree in photography. I have a background in urban planning and design which is completely random. Half the time people have no idea what that is. And I worked in the field for about 10 years and then went back to school in 2015. I went back to grad school for urban design as I was building my business. Oh wow! And when I left grad school, it was only a year long program. I sort of shifted my, my I don't know, my work to be freelance in the urban planning and design field. And that opened up a lot more opportunity to focus on my business. But before I was doing it on nights, doing it on weekends, whenever I could around my corporate job. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I, I am a self-taught photographer through Google, reading YouTube, all of the online resources. A true millennial entrepreneur. I love it. And you're (laughs) amazing. So I mean, I would never have been like, I mean, I don't know if there's any way that people can ever tell, but like your stuff looks amazing. I think you must just have a totally natural eye. Thanks. Yes. Um, it, It definitely, I mean, you have to have, you know, a creative spirit, but you know, as far as like learning camera basics, anyone can really just hop on Google and, and learn a lot of it just through online searching. Yeah. And I imagine with something like photography, it was, I mean, I'm sure it was tough and like, it's hard obviously to be doing like two things at once, but in terms of photography, it seems like probably a lot of your jobs would have taken place on the weekend anyways. So it was kind of something that could fit in. Like, is that true? Cause you started with more like weddings and things like that, that would be probably at night and weekends. Yes, exactly. So when I was building my business, most of my clients were, you know, families and it actually started out, you know, very organically. I would take a picture of my friends, kids, and then they would see it online and, you know, their friends would be like, Oh, who took your, your kids pictures. And then I would get, you know, more clients that way. So it, so it really evolved with families and kids and uh, some seniors and, and more of the personal portraiture genres. Um, And then, yeah, then I broke into weddings and that was, you know, a lot of weekends 
I mean, virtually strictly weekends, unless it was like a random Friday wedding, but I actually had Fridays off at my job at the time. So that, that was helpful in that situation. Um, Yeah. And you had a little time to kind of like maybe get yourself sort of like ready and like in the mode. Exactly. Fridays, Fridays were a big editing day, especially if I didn't Mm -hmm. have a wedding or, um, or a shoot that day. So I would catch up on all things business on Fridays, shoot on Saturdays, sometimes on Sundays and back to work on Monday. Wow. That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you were busy for a while in there, I guess. Yes. So tell us, like, I think there's a lot of people out there who either find photography to be a fun hobby or think it would be kind of like a dream job or something they could see themselves doing. It seems like a somewhat popular freelance type of job. I feel like I see a lot of people who are like saying they want to start a photography business or people who are like, I want to work for myself. And one thing I really love to do is take pictures. You know, I feel like I do see that a lot. It seems like there are a lot of photographers out there and I'm curious, like how, what kind of things do you do to, to stand out, to kind of set you apart? And I I mean, it sounds like a lot of yours was word of mouth at first that people would kind of like refer you because you took pictures of their kids or their family and they liked it. And then their friends asked, but is there anything else that you did or that you feel like people could do more of or should do in terms of differentiating themselves? Or do you think it's more just like style? Like if people like your style, they're going to hire you. And if not, they're going to hire someone else. And it's just, that's just the way it is. Yeah. A lot of actually, I mean, those are all great questions and great points. I think you sort of highlighted a big thing is the editing style. And a lot of people, you know, in, in the photography world, among photographers, there's this interesting, you know, balance between, you know, what's your style? And usually there's like two styles, you know, there's light and airy, and then there's dark and moody. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I feel like so many photographers end up putting themselves into these buckets. And a lot of people very quickly can see those two different styles. So yes, people are going to look at your portfolio, whether it's, you know, your website or whether it's your Facebook page, and they're going to say, you know, is this the style of photography I like? I think that's, I would say, without a recommendation, if someone just goes on to Google and says, you know, Boston MA family photographer, they're going to look through the portfolios. They're going to say, okay, does this, you know, editing style resonate with me? Does, you know, are they more photojournalistic? Are they more posed? Are they studio? Are they natural light? So they're going to look at that. And as far as, you know, setting yourself apart from the photographer standpoint, for me, I felt like my approach was always the service side of things. Yes, I, I've always believed in the quality of my work. I always strive to have, you know, well-composed images, well-lit images, well-edited images. But I feel like a lot of it is the service and being, you know, having that customer service approach to things, making mm-hmm. your clients feel comfortable, making them feel like their investment is worthwhile you know, helping them from point A to point B, you know, when you hire a client, they're really looking for your expertise and your direction. I remember one of the very first shoots I did with a family. And I think I I wasn't even charging at the time. I was just building my portfolio and I get there and I was really nervous because this was a family I hadn't really known Uh, Most of my past model clients or, you know, people I just wanted to pose for me for my portfolio, I kind of knew. Mm -hmm. So I get to this shoot and this family is like, okay, where do we stand? Mm. Okay, where do we, should he stand over here? What should I do with my hands? What should I, should I turn? Like, does this outfit look okay? And I'm sitting there thinking, wow, 
they are really looking to me for everything, for guidance on everything. And so making sure that you're giving your client that experience so that they feel like they're going to get, you know, the most out of their investment with you, telling them where to stand, telling them how to pose, offering an outfit guide before they even get to the shoot, sending them over a PDF of this is what you should wear. Yeah. Um, So I think that's really what set me apart is I really wanted to make sure my clients felt comfortable and prepared and that their investment with me was going to go a long way. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I think, I mean, it's so true because obviously I'm sure, you know, you're doing it day in and day out. So you're like, okay, it's, you know, no big deal. We're going to go take the pictures and that's it. But, but to the person who's never worked with a photographer before, it's kind of like, it can be kind of vulnerable, I think, because you don't know, like you, you want to look good. You want to make sure that you're coming across as well as you can. And you just don't know how that's going to look in pictures. And I feel like people are, can be really, I don't know, like unsure of what to wear and how to stand and like how to just be in front of the camera. Like that's not something that most people deal with ever before in their life, probably. So yeah, being able to make them feel confident in that way seems like something that would really be like almost like a value add because I imagine a lot of photographers don't spend a lot of time and effort doing that with clients. So that sounds like it makes a lot of sense on your end. Right. Yeah. I think, I think as for any photographer starting out, you know, realizing that your clients are really looking to you to be the expert, to tell them what to wear, to tell them where to stand. And again, that, you know, first shoot that I had, I was almost, I I came back and I was like, wow, they really everybody needs guidance. Everybody wants that. And, and that is one thing I really strived for moving forward is making sure that I, I really prepared my clients, held their hand and made them feel as comfortable as possible. And it's great that you recognize that from the beginning. And probably that definitely helped your word of mouth spread even farther and faster because everyone had a great experience and then wanted to refer their friends even more. So that's great. Even like, I think sometimes people don't think of that, like, Word of mouth is definitely one of the strongest kind of like marketing strategies and people don't necessarily think of the client that they've already booked as like, you know, it's still all part of the process, right? Because they're already paying you. They already had you come in, but how, like, what's the difference between, you know, just taking that money and doing their shots and that's it, or making sure they have an amazing experience so that they actually refer you like three other clients immediately. It like, it makes so much sense. Exactly. Exactly. So can you tell us a little bit about what went into actually starting the business? Like I want to get into a little bit of the nitty gritty um, because again, I feel like people are like, well, I have a camera and I really like to take pictures. So I'm going to start a photography business. (laughs) Is it that easy or what else goes into it? I feel like there's a lot people maybe don't know and don't think about kind of behind the scenes of what you need to do to make it work for a business. Yeah. So I think, I think you're right where people just, you know, they have a, they have a camera, they've decided that, you know, I really enjoy taking pictures. I'm going to just see where it goes. And that's exactly what I did. I was like, I'm just going to see where it goes. And then I just, I really started playing around with just taking pictures of my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, but taking pictures of him and then taking pictures of my, you know, of his niece, which is now my niece, but you know, and then my friend's kids and then their friend's kids. And so when I realized that I had something was just the momentum, like people coming to me through at this point, just Facebook messenger. I don't even think mm-hmm. I had anything set up, but my, my messenger was just blowing up with, Hey, are you available? Hey, are you, uh, would you be willing to take pictures of my kids? So yes, you need the camera. 
Um, and then I would say the next step is you need to be able to work with people mm, and, yeah. you know, giving them that guidance. Right. And what I always say, you know, for people looking to start their own photography business is to do just that is to work with people on a more casual basis, say building your portfolio, right. You want to be able to show that you have images that you can put on a Facebook page that you can put on an Instagram page. So for me, I guess maybe it'd be helpful if I just really sort of talked about the steps. So I, I, you know, I worked with a lot of these people building my portfolio. And then one day I was like, you know what, I'm going to start a Facebook page. And that's exactly what I did. I didn't have a website. I didn't have anything. I just started a Facebook page and I picked like a name, um, you know, sort of out of the blue, which looking back is like absolutely (laughs) terrible. So before it was Jesse Wyman photography, it was wildly photography. Um, which because um, my middle name is Lee and in college people thought my last name was wild, which I thought was super funny and it just sort of stuck. So my maiden name is Wilson. So the wild was, you know, whatever. So I started this Facebook page and then, you know, again, I was doing this nights and weekends and eventually I was just being booked like all the time between my Monday through Thursday job and then doing photography Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Wow so busy. And I realized, you know what, I need to charge. And so I started charging a very small amount and, you know, really operating at a very basic level. You know, I had my camera and, um, I had my, I think at that time I had my kit lenses still, which are the lenses that come with your camera. And I think in October of 2000, 13, my husband got me my first prime lens and without getting too technical prime lenses are what photographers generally work with they don't zoom in and out they're very um they have a very wide uh range when it comes to aperture and they can get that really blurry background that everybody loves so i got my first prime lens and so between my original camera my prime lens i really started getting creative with my photography And, um, from there, I, again, I just kept like booking clients, booking clients. And I found myself editing at night after work, you know, I was just so busy. And then I would say operating in that sort of mode for a few years and then realizing, okay, I'm getting burnt out because I ended up starting to take weddings and I was taking weddings um, I think my first season I had like 10 weddings booked. Wow. Yeah. You, were, you were charging for those by this point, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, first- that seems like a lot if you're still not really making any money, but. Yeah. My first, like, I guess my very first wedding, you know, it's like I booked one wedding and then I booked another wedding and then like my first full, like, okay, I'm going to do this with weddings was like mm-hmm. 10 weddings in one summer. And wow, it was crazy. And Um, which was awesome, but I really was like, okay, I decided I was burnt out. I was like, I'm never going to book weddings again. (laughs) (laughs) And then I sat down and did my like cost of doing business. And I had learned this term and like all the Facebook groups I was in on how to Mm -hmm. be, you know, how to better run your photography business. So I did my cost of business and I looked at the numbers and I said, wow, I'm not, making anything. In fact, oh gosh. I'm in the red. 
And this was after the, all those weddings or was this? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. When you gather in your, when you factor in your business insurance, paying taxes, setting aside money, you know, for some sort of retirement or savings, um, the expenses. So at that point I needed a better camera, you know, I was Mm -hmm. taking, I was shooting weddings. I wanted a better camera. I needed a, you know, an arsenal of lenses. So, you know, I was operating at, over $10,000 a year in expenses with including, you know, the travel, the drive time in New England, yeah. you know, wedding photographer, you're generally shooting all over the region. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it, when I ran those numbers, I said, okay, I need to charge more. And I, and I did, I increased my prices slowly, okay. slowly, but I did increase my prices. I think at that point I was probably charging, you know, $200, which is still really low, $200 for a family session. And I think, you know, low 2000s for wedding photography. Wow. Um, full, full, full day. And so I did that and I had another busy wedding season the following year. Wow. Even with the higher prices, you mean? So Even it with did the not prices. deter anyone from booking? No. No. In fact, I feel like there's, you know, everybody says, you know, you don't want to be too cheap because then you're going to look yeah. like a photographer, but then you don't want to raise your prices too high because you're going to scare everybody away. But in fact, when I raised my prices, I got busier. Well, people, yeah, people might have some certain people would have seen that as like more legitimate of a photographer. They're like, I, you know, some people will be like, I don't want to work with someone who's only charging that much. It's not going to be good quality or something like that. Like, I think that people fall into like two camps, right? There are some people who are always looking for the best bargain. And then there are some people who are wary of something that looks cheaper, like, Right. Wait, you know, won't buy the generic brand of something because it's probably not as good as the name brand or something, right? Even though exactly there's the psychology name. <laughs> there's the psychology behind it for sure. Yeah. So you ended up doing another full season of weddings and were you actually making money that time? Yes. Yes. So I finally started making money. You know, I think a lot of it is the upfront cost, right? So you sort of with the with a lot of photographers, it's like, you know, you kind of get that camera, whether it's a gift or maybe like you've just had it and the cost has been like absorbed over the years. And then mm-hmm. you realize, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make a business out of this. You get a better camera. You realize you need better lenses. So you almost go on this like cycle of like yeah. gearing up. Um, so what the mindset tends to happen is, oh, it's already paid for, you know, oh, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, so, so you have all that equipment. So you're making everything you're charging your, it's just profit, right? No. No, you have to insure this equipment. It does have a life value. You have to replace it occasionally. Yeah. Um, lenses, you know, you can drop a lens. You can, your sensor can die out on your camera. So, but yes, I was starting to make money because I realized what I needed to make to not only cover my expenses, but also make a profit. Well, and there's also your time too, right? Because you're spending, yes, one whole day at the wedding or whatever, but then you have to edit all the, all the photos, right. And put together certain ones that the client is going to get to keep and, or do you show them all to the client and then they pick certain ones and you edit certain ones, but that must take a fair amount of time too. I mean, I think, you know, when you're like, people are like, okay, once I have the camera, everything else is profit. It's like sort of, but Right. All that time you're spent, like you also need to be getting paid for your time too, like, and make sure that makes sense. Right. So when you do your cost of doing business, you kind of get your, um, so you look at, you know, all your expenses, 
Well, I guess you could say, first of all, you say, how much do you want to make a year? And you can do that by saying, okay, I want to make this much a day, or you can say, I want to make this much hourly. You figure out how many days you want to work. You do the math. You figure out how much like your annual salary should be based on your hourly rate and how many days you want to work. Then you add on, okay, so on top of that, I have, you know, 10 to 20 grand of worth of expenses. So you add that and then you say, okay, now I need to pay taxes. So you add that. So let's Mm -hmm. say all in, you need to make like, 200 grand. Then you do, then you do the math and you figure out how many weddings you need to book to make that. Mm-hmm. And you divide that by how many weddings you think you can book. Right. And what does that math equal out to be? So that's, that's sort of how you get, you accommodate for your time when you're looking at photography, you know, as, as like a business, you know, okay, yes. So there is so many hours of editing, but you can also outsource you know, so what does that cost look like? So you build, right. I was going to say, even if there's things like marketing costs, or if you're going to advertise your services anywhere, like those are all things you'd need to build in on top of that too. Right. But I guess outsourcing editing and things like that would, would fall into that too. Exactly. So there's a lot of really hidden costs. You're, you're pointing, you're pointing out a lot of hidden costs that I think, you know, people saying, Oh, well you just take pictures and you know, right. oh, you, just, you just put a filter on it and, and email them over. You know, it, it does go a little bit deeper than that. And, you know, I personally haven't done a lot of advertising. I, maybe I need some help with that. <laughs> well, it sounds like you didn't need to. I mean, it sounds like maybe exactly. your strategy kind of, of, of giving a lot away for free. I mean, I know a lot of people would say that's not a good strategy, but like, you know, giving a lot away for free or, or starting really low at the beginning so that you built up of like, basically it sounds like you had a raving fan base from the beginning who basically allowed you to do everything based on referral at first, which, Hey, it worked because, you know, maybe because it wasn't your full-time job at the time. So you didn't need to be making a lot of money from it. But I mean, I think if you find ways that work, that's fine. I, I mean, when I started my business, I wouldn't even, I can't even believe what I was charging at first. I know (laughs) that's what you have to do. Sometimes I feel like these days we see a lot, especially in like kind of the online business space of like what you're supposed to do. Right. And people are like, never give anything away for free, like always be charging what you're worth, this and that. But then they're always struggling so much with, oh, but how do I get clients? How do I get started? Like, like finding people to work with. And it's like, well, that's maybe because you have no experience and you're charging as much as people who have been doing this for 10 years because you think that's what you're worth and you're unwilling to kind of waver from that. I think, I mean, I kind of did what you did. I started super low because I didn't have the experience. And then guess what happened? I got to build up a portfolio and build up my experience really quickly and was then able to charge what it was actually worth and had proven results to actually show that it's actually worth that. So, I mean, I think that can work too. Not that I'm necessarily saying that's what everyone should do, but, um, exactly. Hey, it worked. So, right. But I think it also goes both ways what you're saying. I mean, I'm I'm interested to hear what you say, because I work with a lot of people who are kind of in the camp of, Oh, we can just take pictures ourselves. Like I have clients who don't want to invest in professional photography for their product or, well, yeah, usually for their products. And I'm like, yes, we can, you know, take our own picture on the iPhone and it's like, okay. But then, cause I obviously I'm in PR, so I'm submitting things to like newspapers and magazines. And sometimes it's a print publication and they'll need a great photo and they don't always come take one themselves. You know, a lot of the publications these days don't even have like photographers on staff to actually go and take photos. Or if they do, they have like one person and they're not going to go out for every single article that only something huge. So if you have great photography, that is so, so helpful. 
from my side of things, like for my clients. And I'm always trying to tell people, yes, we can take them, but just they're never as good as like professional photography. They need to be, you know, high resolution, a large file size and like clear and bright. And just even the placement of like whatever it is in the picture, like you can, there's just such a big difference. And there was like, Oh, this is fine. Like I took this on my phone and I'm just like, but put that side to side with, (laughs) you know, a professionally done photo that like somebody else might be submitting for their business, you know, for like, if we're pitching something, you know, some kind of article where somebody else would be pitching something similar and they have professional photography. Like you just, you can so tell the difference. And so it's, it's like, obviously maybe you can tell a bit of a struggle I deal with a lot on my end of things. But I feel like you probably run into that a lot too, where people are like, maybe I need to do this myself. Or maybe I need, like, when do I know when to hire someone or things like that? It's just so tricky. And I know you've been kind of shifting a little bit more into kind of like working with business owners and helping people figure out how to get the photos themselves, because it is something you can do a bit if you actually know what you're doing. But I just feel like it's like, it's such a struggle, like knowing when to do it yourself and when to hire someone and, you know, knowing what that money is going towards and when you should be spending it and when you can maybe be doing it yourself. That is an amazing question. Um, So you're right. I have been transitioning from the personal portraiture world to the branding and commercial photography side of things. For the last few years, that's what I've been specializing in. I found that my lifestyle that I wanted with photography and having it be now pretty much the primary source of my income, I needed it to match my lifestyle. I no longer wanted to work weekends. So I said, you know, what's, what type of photography do I truly enjoy? Because I did find myself burnt out after every single wedding I was shooting. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, what am I, what do I really love and what's going to work with my lifestyle? And that ultimately always circled back to working one-on-one with business owners or small business and doing product photography. I also do work with some interior designers photographing their work as well. And that always works amazing because generally working with businesses or solopreneurs, I'm working during the week. So I got my weekends back and I also don't have that fatigue. I don't have that burnout factor after every shoot. I don't feel like, Oh God, I never want to do that again. I'm like, (laughs) I'm excited to get these images on my computer and see what they look like. Um, So moving into that world, I really started seeing, you know, the need for businesses and solopreneurs to to have this type of imagery, right? Because our world is so visually oriented with Instagram Mm -hmm. and Facebook and websites. I mean, I don't know, honestly, the last time I picked up a magazine and actually like looked at an ad when I'm, when I'm looking to hire somebody, what am I doing? I'm going online first. Right. Yeah. I'm going to do either a Google search or I'm going to look up the recommendation my friend gave me of so-and-so. And I'm going to do a Google search. I'm going to stalk them on Instagram. I'm going to look them up on Facebook. I'm going to yeah. do all of those things. And maybe I'm just biased because I'm a photographer, but if they have really outdated or I'm going to just say it bluntly, crappy imagery, I'm going to be skeptical. I'm going to say, you know, do they, do they even take care of, do they even care about the quality of what they're putting out? If, you know, their website looks like it's from 1990 and the images probably are from also 1990, like, (laughs) are you even, are you even still in business? Yeah. Uh, So, so when it comes to like your question, when to hire a professional and when do you think you can do it yourself? I definitely think websites need professional photography. If anything else, if any of your other platforms can do without, 
the one that cannot, I think is your website. I totally agree. I've also, because to go back into my complaining mode, I've also, I sometimes help people get their websites going if they don't have one yet. And they've hired me for like their marketing and PR. And it's shocking how many times people think they can put together a website with like no imagery. And I'm like, this is not going to look the way you want if we don't have any photos. And then if you want to just use stock photos, it's going to look like stock photos. Like it's just, it's <laughs> right. You need to have good quality imagery of your brand or business. If you're putting together a website, I totally, and actually I'm a good example of that too, because I obviously did not do that when I put together my website at first. I had like no photos. And then a couple years later, I did kind of add some stock photos. And actually, I think I probably need to hire you to like, (laughs) (laughs) it's something I run into all the time. And I honestly don't spend much time and effort on my website because I also have almost all my business come through referrals. So it's just never been somewhere I focused in terms of like my marketing for myself. But I obviously understand the importance of it. And I want it to look professional and like good for when people do look at it. And it's been something I've like struggled with a lot in the last like year or two. I'm like, I need photos here because to just use stock photos, it doesn't give any personality to the business or the brand. It doesn't really show what we're all about. So anyway, I totally hear you on that on both ends on on my my own personal experience and on like clients that I've worked with who are like not doing photos. Exactly. I mean, it's interesting that you say that you haven't spent time on your website, because I think what ends up happening is, you know, we, we almost don't think of our website as important anymore, but to me it is. And the reason I think a lot of is, is is because of the Instagram age, we're so focused on, Oh my gosh, what are we going to post today? What are we going to, so we're hyper-focused on posting daily content on our social feeds where we stop thinking about our website. But when it comes to, if I'm going to hire, you know, uh, Alessandra to do, my PR, I'm going to go to her website and see what her services are. Of course. I'm going to go and see if I can get pricing information. Her Instagram isn't going to show that. So I'm going to go to your website and then, okay, if I see your website and if I see it sucks or (laughs) if it's really outdated or if I can't navigate it or if the, you know, if, if it looks like, yeah, you haven't touched it in a decade, then I might question yeah, absolutely. I totally agree too. Yeah. And, and the same type of thing I always tell people also. So, you know, it's ironic that I'm my own example of <laughs> someone not doing it right. But I don't know, is it like those who can't do teacher? I don't know. When it's your own thing, you're never as good at like making sure you actually do it as if it's like your client and you're like, you need to do this now. Here's, let me do it for you. But right, exactly. Um, I know so many social media managers that say that exact same thing. Like, oh, I need to work on my own social feeds. Yeah. But I'm busy with my yeah. other I always, I'm always like, oh, I never pitch myself for <laughs> I do PR. And I nev- I'm always like, oh, you know, one of these days I should like pitch myself for something and get in an article. But you know, you don't because people are paying you to do work. And then at the end of the day, you don't have time to do anything else for yourself sometimes. But exactly. And I mean, I will give myself a little credit that my website is not that bad looking. So I think I'm, I've, I've made it work pretty well. And I think not to only harp on websites too much too, but also even just like Instagram is so big. And I feel like people spend a lot of time trying to figure out what to post, of course, and like how to do it. And sometimes I can look for a really long time to try to find like an image to use. And I'm always like, it would be great if I just had, you know, you can kind of tell when somebody has done a somewhat more official shoot, whether it's like an actual photography, you know, shoot with a professional or they just really know how to take their own images. And they probably, you know, 
sat down for one day and took a couple of shots around the office or whatever it is, or of what they're doing or flat lays and can just pick one every time they need to post something, you know, or like if they have something coming up, you can pull photos that have to do with that thing, you know, whatever you want to be talking about on your social media that week. Like how easy would it be if you actually had a library to choose from? That's what I'm always thinking. And it's kind of like you can tell when people have that and when they don't in terms of like how well their feed goes together and, you know, just how good their photos look. And so I think that's thing. And I know people do sometimes do like whole shoots, like with the intention of getting an Instagram library built up, which I think is such a good idea too. Yeah. And that's pretty much what my branding services offer. So I do offer, um, you know, half day and full day shoots. And with the idea that we get a mix of images and different stories that reflect and resonate with your brand and your services and your offering. And if you sell products, products as well, so that you have this library that you can, you know, drag and drop into your Instagram posts that you can, oh, you're going to be featured in this article. We need a headshot. So you have that headshot. And, oh, oh, I need to submit this to, um, I'm I'm doing a speaking engagement and they need a head, you know, they need something and you have it readily available. And you also have that library to pull from when you're planning your weekly Instagram posts where you're not spending hours and hours like digging through your phone, trying to find the right image. So that's sort of the goal behind branding photography is to get you to have that image library. And some of those shoots are, you know, it's, it's goal-based, right? So if, if the goal is specifically for, you know, your website, then we want to make sure that we're getting shots, you know, that, that great header image or that banner image, right? We want to make sure we get one of those or mm-hmm. for your blog post header or thumbnail images. We want to make sure that we get your headshot. You know, if it's a mix of website and Instagram, you know, what, what is that going to look like and what type of stories we want to tell and, you know, keeping in mind the aspect ratios and making sure it's all going to fit okay and all that good stuff. So, so yeah, that you're exactly right to have that image library that you can go in and pull from. And having someone like you who knows like what you just said about the aspect ratios and like what type of image to have for your heading and things like that also sounds really useful (laughs) because I know some people would be like, oh yeah, I know I need like to do this kind of shoot, but then don't necessarily think of all the details or don't even, you know, don't even know what things they don't know. Probably. Right. And sometimes people don't necessarily know exactly what aspect ratio or what size pixels they're going to need for this header image. But just knowing if I know somebody needs a header image, okay, that's, you know, that's a horizontal image, you know, and you usually like to use the rule of third. There's all kinds of like technical things that go into it, but that's why you hire a professional and you, you know, what's going to work and you know, what's not going to work. You make sure to leave extra room for cropping or, you know, to have a, make sure, you know, obviously shooting in like high resolution and making sure that um, everything's in sharp and in focus. And Totally. And you've been doing a lot with flat lays lately. I'm always following your stories and you show and share so much about how to lay out a flat lay to actually look good and like how to actually shoot it and how you're editing it on your phone. And that's so helpful and useful. I feel like people think too, or I'm, I sometimes think <laughs> I'm just going to lay out these things and take a cute picture and make like an awesome flat life for Instagram today. And it just like does not look as good as I think it will. <laughs> I think as <laughs> yeah. you know, so much like more that goes into making it actually just like work well and make it look good and not just be like a bunch of stuff lying on a table. 
And that's definitely something I have struggled with. And I love to see all the things that you're sharing about that stuff. And I think flatlays are like, that's huge right now for Instagram, right? Like people use that a lot, that kind of style of photo for like Instagram and social media right now. Yeah. So, um, and even, so even as part of my branding packages, if, if we have a story that has a lot of details, I try and get, you know, a handful of flat lays for them while I'm shooting with them. But one thing I'm also realizing is that even with a full image library from me or from your professional photographer, or, you know, maybe you've done it a year ago, it only goes so far. And and unless you have a, unless you're married to someone or have a, a really close friend, you're not going to have a photographer, you know, at your beck and call. Yeah. Eventually um, small up, yeah. Right? And you don't want to keep using the same things over and over again. Right. So that is what I found a lot of my clients struggle with. Um, so what I've been trying to do is offer ways that they can supplement their imagery in between professional shoots. Mm. And a lot of my clients are, are makers. They are shop owners. They have a product and, you know, they create and get in new product very often. And so how do they, you know, prioritize professional shoots and still are still able to, you know, get, get that product out on Instagram? You know, so that's why, that's why I've been doing a lot of behind the scenes with the flat lays is to really try and help people see the potential with just, with just their phone. I I've just been doing a lot of these with my phone. And yeah, when I, when I do it for a client, you know, if I'm hired to do their product photography and do a flat lay, I'm going to use my, my camera for obvious reasons. But if you're just, you know, someone that is a maker or someone that like yourself, where you're just like, Oh, it would be, I just want to show like a cute coffee mug with my keyboard and I want to put like some text next to it and some negative space, yep. you know, how can I show people how to do that in a very easy way with their phone, editing it on their phone and using very simple composition and props that they could probably find from around their house. So that's the idea behind like my heavily tutorial style Instagram stories lately. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I definitely need to like brush up on my <laughs> on my flat light and phone photography for Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's actually, I know it sounds, I'm going to say, Oh yeah, it's really not that hard, but half the time you just literally need someone to tell you what to do. I had a post the other day where I, where I literally said, okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to grab some earrings. You're going to grab a plate or something to lay them on. You're going to grab a magazine. You're going to grab this, 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 and lay it exactly how this image is. And I had a few people actually do that. And one person in particular, she tagged me in her post. Mm-hmm. She nailed it. She did her own version of it with her own props, her own earrings. And it looks great. She used my editing tips and it was amazing. Oh my God. Is that still, is that still on your stories? <laughs> did you save it to the highlighter? Um, maybe I saved it. I, I don't know. Yeah, no. So the, um, the, it was an actual post. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a post, um, a couple posts, I don't know, maybe like a week sure or two ago. How you did it. Okay, everyone has to go. Wait, tell us. I, I know we always go through this at the end, but tell us right this second what your Instagram handle is so people can it's go look. At Jesse Wyman Photos. Okay, awesome. We're all going to go look and, and try to recreate that photo right now. And also, guys, go to watch whatever stories she has on, too. So it, w- it will be helpful, I promise you, or at least interesting, even if you don't want to do it yourself. 
<laughs> well, one of them I, I did do like a like a speed. I tried to speed edit it to to show sort of my um, my process in laying out a flat lay. That was the first time I tried to do that, and I think a lot of people really like that. So I'm going to do more of that. Cool, cool. Okay, so what else is there? Anything else that we need to know about <laughs> photography for our business, or how to do it ourselves, or how when we should hire you, or anything else like that that you would want to tell us? Um, if you're thinking of doing photography for your business, I would say, you know, to your point a little while back about doing work for free, I would say, or, you know, at low cost, I would say that's how many of us start. Don't be afraid to do that, but also make sure that you're not overdoing it, that you don't get burnout factor. And also one thing that I I learned was you know, okay, if I do this for free or low cost, I always tried to make sure there was value in it for me. Mm. So it's going to be good for my portfolio. Like, is this the direction? Okay. If it's, if it's a family that's willing, you know, willing to dress up super, super cute and go to this specific location, because I know it's beautiful. um, Will I do that for free? Because will it serve a benefit on my portfolio? If I want to shoot families then absolutely, you know, if it's something that you're totally not interested in doing, don't just do it just for the sake of doing it. You're, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to be annoyed that then you have to edit these images that you're not even going to use on your portfolio. So when you're thinking about doing work for low cost or for free, try and think about whether or not it's going to be a benefit for you. That's one thing I, I quickly learned. And, and to this day, you know, I still, I still do work, you know, sometimes that is, I don't want to say free because I don't do work for free, but you know, I, I take on projects that are going to fit with what I'm doing and what my goals are and what my lifestyle is. I'm not going to do projects that are outside of that. So, um, so that's one thing I would do. And then as far as taking photos, you know, outside of a branding session or outside of a professional setting, there are so many free um, resources out there. And what I've been showing on my Instagram stories is editing with Lightroom mobile and it's a free app. And that's what I use to edit all my iPhone photos. I think it's available. It should be available on Android as well, but it's what's unique about Lightroom mobile is it allows you to shoot in what's called a raw format. And I think the file extension is DNG. So you shoot in this format and it really allows you full flexibility with editing. It's almost like it's a raw, it's essentially a raw file. And that's what professionals shoot with, even with their camera. So you you actually take the photo in Lightroom. Like you don't do the regular camera on your phone. Correct. So yeah. So I guess I should have clarified. So you open Lightroom mobile, you take the picture within Lightroom mobile and you edit it directly from there. Oh wow. Okay. I think I have that app, but I've never tried to take a picture actually in it. I always have tried to use it on photos I already had. Yeah. I mean, what you can do, which I still like, sometimes I'll just quickly open my other phone app and then I'll edit it. But I find that if you take it within the Lightroom mobile app, you're going to have way more flexibility and leniency when it comes to making those, those edits. So, so yeah. And then, I mean, there's so many other apps. I know a lot of people use Snapseed, which I've heard is great. I don't use it, but you know, I would say, you know, editing, not to over edit your photos, but it does give it that final, final touch. And, you know, even if it's just increasing the exposure and the contrast and, you know, the shadows a little bit, it really can go a long way. Awesome. That is, yeah, that is so helpful. 
Okay. I do always ask, I feel like you've kind of already given so much, but I always kind of ask what's one piece of advice general to business or specific to yours that you would give at other people in business. I feel like this whole episode kind of, kind of counts as that, but I have to ask one piece of advice that you would give to other business owners in terms of running business or that you wish you had known sooner. So I usually say, I usually, when I get asked this question, I'm like, know your worth. Mm -hmm. But I think one thing lately that I think is important is almost just like be confident in your path. You know, don't worry about what other people are doing. Worry more about what's going to work for you because in the end, it's your life, Mm -hmm. your lifestyle. Don't focus on what everyone else is doing. Focus on you, focus on your business and what your goals are. Because if you get lost in the noise, you're just going to spin your wheels. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to just put yourself back. And it's easy to do that. It's easy to get lost in the noise. Keep an eye on your own path, I would say. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think that's such good advice. That's so good. Thank you so much. Before we go, will you, I know you have something cool coming up that people might be interested in. So can you share a little bit about what you have with the the upcoming webinar so people could Yeah. Yeah. So I am planning a awesome webinar where I'm going to actually teach you my process to shooting flat lays. And it's going to be using very simple technique. And I don't have a date. Oh my gosh, I wish I had a date, but it's going to be in the next couple of weeks. So if you are interested in finding out when that registration opens and when I finalize the date, you can sign up on my website. You can go to jessiewymanphotography.com and click on the announcement bar on the homepage. And that will give you a form to sign up where you can be notified of this webinar and hopefully learn some great tips on shooting your own flatways and product photos. Oh my gosh. Awesome. I cannot wait for that. I, I hope everyone goes to sign up for that right now. I will, we will put all that in the show notes too. And actually, well, depending on when this comes out and when you have that date, we might be able to have that actually in the show notes. If you want me to put that there, the actual Yes, date. that would be amazing. I should know in a day or two what the exact date and time will be. Again, it will be this month, probably in a couple of weeks. Awesome. And people could still sign up. When we have that detail, people can sign up at the same place on your website at that announcement bar. Yeah. So it's a, it's basically a sign up to be notified of when the registration will open so that you will have to like, again, register. So maybe when I get my registration link, we can also up- update the, the show notes for the registration. Okay. okay. So by the time you guys are listening to this, you will probably be able to see exactly where to go to register. <laughs> exactly. In the show notes. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. No, I think people are going to find that so useful and helpful. And um, I personally plan to be there. Awesome. Yeah. And I do have, in the meantime, if you want to check out my stories, I have so many great tips and tricks there. I'm always trying to do something new. If you need help with anything specifically, get in touch. Happy to answer questions, DMs, all of that. Yes, I love that. Tell people, okay, I guess, is there any, well, you've maybe already told every everywhere to find you. <laughs> I usually yeah, so Instagram. find you online. Yep, Instagram is Jesse Wyman Photos. And my website is jessiewymanphotography.com. I'm also on Facebook as Jesse Wyman Photography. Awesome. Okay. So easy to find you and you guys heard it straight from her. Don't feel shy about reaching out if you have any questions or want to talk about any of this more. 
I love that. We love to just make connections and let people get to know each other. Um, we'll also have a post for this episode on the Female Millennial Entrepreneurs Instagram so people can always find everything there if they forget how to get in touch with Jesse or anything like that. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here today and telling us all these tips and tricks when it comes to photography. You're so welcome. I hope it um, I hope it resonates with a few of you. And if not, I hope it was an entertaining episode <laughs> <laughs> at a minimum. <laughs> That's the least we can hope for, right? Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. That sounds good. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast so you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes with your favorite takeaway from this episode. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you heard on the show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and other links are always in the show notes and we're always happy to hear from you with thoughts, ideas, or even suggestions of someone you'd love to hear me talk to on the show. You can also submit guests online at polinapr.com slash podcast. Lastly, please drop a comment on the post for this episode on the podcast Instagram at Female Millennial Entrepreneurs to let me know you listened. Tune in next time.